The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. After getting into a boat, Jesus crossed the sea and came to his own town. And just then, some people were carrying a man who was paralyzed, lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. Then some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, perceiving their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier, to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Stand up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he then said to the paralyzed man, Stand up, take your bed, and go to your home. And the man stood up and went to his home. Then the crowd saw it. They were filled with awe, and they glorified God, who had given such authority to human beings. The Gospel of the Lord. Today's first reading is one of the most spectacular chapters in all of Scripture, very dramatic. It is focused on sacrifice. Ever since God called Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, there has been this test. How far will Abraham go in following God? The first test was whether he would leave his home, his father, his kindred, his inheritance, and follow the voice. Then the next test would be whether he would sacrifice some of his cattle, his livestock, in praise of God. Then, whether he would sacrifice part of his own flesh in the covenant of circumcision, and now finally, in this chapter 22, whether he would give up his only beloved son, Isaac, the son of the promise. The reading begins, God tested Abraham. The word tested is important because faith that is not tested cannot be trusted. And this is what God is going to inquire. He knows the answer, but Abraham needs to know. Abraham needs to have that confidence that, yes, he has given everything over to the Lord. The text goes on. God says, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Now that's going to give us a clue as to ultimately the fulfillment of this great sacrifice, which is the only beloved Son of God the Father, Jesus Christ. And go to the land of Moriah. Moriah is near Jerusalem where Jesus was going to be crucified. Another clue as to the ultimate fulfillment of this sacrifice. And there offer him as a burnt offering on the mountain that I shall show you. A burnt offering is the most complete sacrifice possible where the victim is completely reduced to nothing, to ashes. It's a complete giving over. Notice how Abraham responds. He doesn't hesitate, he doesn't negotiate. Early in the next morning, he gets up and sets out. So there's that prompt obedience. Goes on to say, on the third day, Abraham said to his young men, stay here while I go with the boy. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham has this great faith that even though God has asked for the ultimate sacrifice of his son, he is confident he will return with Isaac. And the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, chapter 11, states that Abraham believed that God would even raise Isaac from the dead. Right in the first book of Scripture, the book of Genesis. 
says Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac. There's another clue. Isaac would have been not just a toddler or an infant, he would have been probably in his late teens. Strapping, strong boy, he could have easily overcome his father. And so the scholars, the church fathers, have held that Isaac participated in the sacrifice willingly. But it's again a prefiguring of Christ who carried the wood of the cross to Golgotha. Finally, we have Abraham saying, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Another clue. John the Baptist in the New Testament says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Christ is the Lamb that will offer himself for our salvation. When Abraham is ready to sacrifice his son, of course the angel stops it because there's no longer to be any child sacrifice as there was in pagan lands. But it says, Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. Another clue to Christ who will be wearing the crown of thorns. Finally, the angel says, and speaking for God, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this and you have not withheld your son, your only son, I will indeed bless you. There's the fulfillment of the promises. Those three promises in Genesis chapter 12 are now going to be fulfilled. But ultimately, it's going to be in Christ. I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And by your offspring shall all the nations of the earth gain blessing for themselves. When St. Paul interprets this passage in Galatians chapter 3, verse 16, he says, The promises were made to Abraham and his offspring singular offspring, which is Christ. And we are the beneficiaries of now all those blessings because Christ has purchased our salvation. We see a hint of this in today's gospel in Matthew chapter 9, where Jesus is going to extend blessings, this time to a person who is paralyzed. Notice what Jesus does. There's a man who is paralyzed, lying on a bed. Jesus sees the faith of his friends and says, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. Jesus immediately goes to the soul. That's what needs healing first and foremost, the paralysis that sin causes of our spiritual health. Now, the scribes think, who is this person who can claim forgiveness? Only God can do that. And so they think, blasphemy. Jesus, perceiving their thoughts, says, but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralyzed man, stand up, take your bed, and go to your home. So to prove to the scribes that Jesus is the Son of God, Son of Man, and that he has power to forgive sins, he heals him physically, which is a visible sign of his authority. The Son of Man is that divine title taken from the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. The blessings then continue because the crowd sees this and they were filled with awe and they glorified God who had given such authority to human beings. So the ultimate blessing is that God is glorified. We today celebrate Canada Day. It's an important celebration and Canada has much to be thankful for, particularly the freedoms that we have to practice our faith and to have freedom of conscience and expression. 
The Charter of Rights and Freedoms in the preamble states, Canada is founded upon principles that recognize the supremacy of God and the rule of law. There are many countries in the world that are not even close to that, that don't have that freedom. And so the fact that you're here tonight exercising your freedom to worship God is a sign of the blessings that came through Abraham, through the patriarchs, through Christ, and now into us. We are going to celebrate the Eucharist. We will receive the greatest blessing of all, Christ himself. And this whole Mass is a representation of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, and we're participating in that, and we're going to receive Christ's body, blood, soul, and divinity. Let us pray for our country and for ourselves and the Church. We all still have much to learn. Many mistakes are made in history and even today, but we know God's grace is there. Let's pray for reconciliation and always thank God for the ultimate sacrifice given in Christ Jesus.